Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number seven of Think, Feel, Eat. I'm Donna Reese, your host and your teacher and your friend. I'm so glad that you are here tonight to learn about thinking, feeling, and eating, and specifically to learn about allowing urges and feeling our feelings. So this is a two-parter again. Next week, we are going to talk about this little beauty, the urge map. And, but first of all, this week, we have to learn what urges are, why we have them, what emotional eating is, what buffering is. Oh, I have so much good stuff for you. I'm so excited. And then next week, we're going to take a look. Okay, we know what urges are. Now, how, what are the responses that we can have and what do those responses end with? My amazing tech uh, document girl, Beth made this. It looks beautiful. And next week, we'll actually get into the uh, basically four different ways, well, five, one, two, three, four. I don't know, it just depends. Four or five ways that we can respond to urges. But first of all, let's start at the very beginning because that's a very good place to start. And despite my tech issues, um, I'm actually happy to report that we have taken this week from the beginning of the week to now, we have managed to actually from like Saturday when it was announced that schools were really you know, not going to go back Friday and Saturday schools. We're not going to go back. We have taken our 30 classes that my husband and daughter and I teach. We have managed to take those 30 classes and get them all online in some capacity. <sighs> in spite of the difficulties. And then about 20 to 25 of my husband's private students, um, after school students, um, some private homeschool students, things like that, and his half day, his uh, ones at his high schoolers that he teaches entirely, and he has a few elementary kids. Anyway, 25 of those, we have managed to get half of them in the places they need to be. And then the other half are still coming one-on-one -on -one and one at a time. So, whew, what a week, especially with all the technology issues we've been having. Um, I've been having to go online, like I go online here, but try to make it go through Zoom and into Facebook so that I can teach my um, 60 writing students. And it has been a struggle. But I am here now and this is gonna be festive because um, I can decide to make that whatever I want to make it. I can say, you know, this week was so terrible, the tech issues, I spent 20 hours on nothing but tech, trying to fix Zoom, trying to go through to Facebook, trying to get with all my students, trying to help my husband get with all of his students. When did I become a tech person? I'm just like, I'm putting in the family thread. So I'm just so exhausted because dad and all these people need me for tech issues all the time. My kids loved it. Anyway, um, so I can decide that, you know, this has been a really terrible week and everything that's going on in the world is terrible and the sickness is terrible and my tech issues are terrible and I'm sitting here on two devices looking away from you part of the time. I can't screen share on there. I can only record on here. It's just so bad. Or I can say something else. I can think whatever I want to think about that. And the thing about it is whatever we think about it dictates our feelings. So I can think to myself, I have you guys here on Facebook. I have you guys here on Zoom. I am going to give, be able to get this up. And it's going to be able to go on podcast and YouTube video. It's going to be at the blog, donnerish.com. I have amazing tech girls who are doing all of that and making everything look great. And I'm able to share life-changing information tonight. Those are the thoughts I'm going to have. And it is going to be festive. Let's start with what are urges. Urges, are, of course, seem urgent. 
right? They even have the same root word and you know how much I love words, right? So urges seem urgent. They, they, it is an urgency to have or do or be something, all right? Now, in the case of eating and in the case of food and what we're trying to deal with here, urges are anytime we have a desire to eat three different things out of our protocol. Number one, at a time we did not determine ahead of time that we would eat. Number two, a food that we did not determine ahead of time that we would eat. So maybe it's off of our plan. Maybe we're low carb and we uh, ate something high carb. Maybe we are low fat and we ate something high fat. Um, or maybe we are counting macros and we ate over our macros. Or maybe we um, planned yesterday what we're going to eat today and we didn't stick with that. Whatever protocol, whatever thing we have in place to make a boundary for ourselves with our food, we ate at a time we wouldn't, did, we determined that we would not. We ate, or we ate a food that we determined uh, we would not. Or we ate an amount that we determined that we would not. All right, so this takes us back to an earlier episode. I think it's 53. Journal, I have two two uh, YouTube uh, channel thingies and two podcasts. And number 60, 53 is create a tomorrow real for me food plan. All right, we cannot overcome urges. We cannot um, even know if we have an urge if we don't have protocols in place that show us when something is an urge. So for example, are you eating when you're scheduled to? Well, not really sure because I'm not, I really didn't know what time I was going to start. I was going to start sometime between, you know, 12 and three. I thought I would just kind of leave it open loosey goosey. Then you can't know it's an urge. Are you eating a food that you're not scheduled to eat or that is not on your protocol, either from a real for me food plan yesterday that you made for today or on your list of accepted foods? for an, a normal day or the uh, number of carbs or the number of fats or the number of macros or the number of calories or the number of points, whatever your boundary mechanisms are, are you eating food that you're not scheduled to eat? Not sure, sometimes I have this, sometimes I don't. Um, I don't really know if I, if I ate something, I don't really know if this would be considered on or off. Well then you can't know that you're having an urge. All right, I feel really, really close to this. Yeah, I'm afraid to move anything. I don't know. Okay, that's far away and this is really close. All right, All right. then are you eating in an amount that you did not plan? So, not sure. I kind of wrote down some things that I thought I might eat. Um, but I really didn't know how many of this or how much of that. So not really sure, then you can't possibly know it's an urge. You can only have an urge for something that you've already determined ahead of time is off. All right, now, the ur urges can be urges for anything. So we can do what's called buffering, 
which is actually there in the outline, but we can have an urge to just lay in bed and watch Netflix instead of getting up and doing our work. We can have an urge to just stay on the sofa and eat snacks and watch television instead of cleaning up dinner and cleaning up the kitchen. We can have an urge to do anything, right? And urges feel urgent, like we just can't overcome them, right? And that is what this two week episode is going to be about, these two weeks, because we have to know what they are, we have to know when we know we're having them, and then we have to know some responses that will work for them. Okay, so the only way you can know that you're having an urge is if you have some kind of boundaries and systems in place already to know, oh, I'm breaking it, right? You can't know you're breaking something if you don't have anything in place. So uh, a real for me food plan, which I'm gonna talk about more in a little bit, but I do want to mention it here because you can't know what an urge is without it. So a real for me food plan has the exact foods, it has the exact amounts, and it has the exact times, okay? Anytime we eat off of one of those, we will know that it is an urge. All right, now, again, the foods can be low carb, low fat, paleo, keto, you know, Weight Watchers. It can be any kind of protocol that you've created for yourself. All right, so what does it mean when we say we're overriding urges? You've heard me talk a lot about deciding ahead of time and using your prefrontal cortex. And so overriding urges or being able to sit with them and not let them overtake us, that is when we override our primitive brain. And that's very, very hard to do. This because it makes us so uncomfortable. It's very hard to do because our brain wants us to pursue and maintain comfort, right? Our brain is like all about the easy life, <laughs> right? Because it's safer and we were created to avoid dangers, to keep ourselves safe, to keep ourselves fed, to keep ourselves healthy enough to procreate. So because of that, we, our primitive brain is conditioned to always just want easy, right? And to seek out easy and comfort and pleasures over the discomfort and difficulties. Overcoming urges is feeling feelings that we don't want to feel. This is really important when we talk about emotional eating. There's so much information out there about emotional eating. And we hear people say, you know, this is emotional eating. I just eat because of something happened in my childhood. Or I eat because I lost my job. Or I overeat because um, I was made fun of in high school. Okay. And the, the real truth of the matter is emotional eating is any time we eat something that we is not on our plan, is not on our time, is not on the amount, is not on the uh, time. Time, amount, and type. Time, amount, and type. Anytime we are eating emotionally. And the reason that we are eating emotionally any of those times is because when we eat, instead of just sitting with that feeling, that urgency, that uh, discomfort, that we would get from not eating, we are avoiding our feelings. And so that's why it's all emotional eating, anytime we eat. 
Now, can't some people could trace it back to this or trace it back to that, but it's really not as helpful as just saying, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel whatever it is. I don't want to feel deprived. Did you know that it's emotional eating if we just don't want to feel deprived? And so we just don't want to not get to eat what we want. Now, in those situations, we say, oh, no, that's not emotional eating. That is, I just like this food. I like the taste of it. I like the texture. I was having a party, whatever. But anytime we choose to eat a time that, we're, that, that ahead of time, we didn't plan to do this. This was not on our plan. We are eating emotionally because we are not wanting to feel whatever it was that we don't want to feel, right? So it is deciding, overriding urges is deciding that you don't mind living with the anxiety or the restlessness or the deprivation that you will feel when you don't give in to urges. This is really, really important and it's really, really, really hard. We often don't take a look at it to see what we're doing emotionally that we're like, oh, we always want to blame it on something else. We want to say, no, I just like the food or it was a party or I can't help it. The plans changed. We want to blame it on something else all the time instead of just saying, I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want to be deprived. I didn't want to feel deprivation. I didn't want to feel restless. I didn't want to feel um, sad and grieving a food that I wanted, right? All of those feelings are the things that we did not want to feel. Now, buffering is when we are trying to put a, a, like a, um, a padding between us and a feeling, all right? Uh, one of the coaches at the Life Coach School, uh, Jody Moore, describes it as like buffers on, the, on a furniture piece. I like this description of it because I think we can all, uh, you know, relate to this, that we see our kid pushing a chair across the, uh, the dining room floor and we're like, that's, stop, stop, that's making a line on the floor, stop. And then we realize that the little felt pad has fallen off and the kid is just going, pushing the chair all over the place. The buffer has been removed, right? So it's no longer making a, a buffer there between the chair and the floor that floor is feeling that feeling of that uh, rough wood at the bottom of the chair scraping across it, right? And that's what we do with buffering. Another good example is what I've been having happen to me the whole time I was getting ready to come on here was that whenever I clicked in Zoom to go to Facebook, it was just preparing, 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 right? That's, uh, we also call that buffering. Like it just won't stop buffering. It won't, won't keep going. It won't go on. But for us with foods or with anything, buffering is that I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch a few more hours of Netflix. I'm going to not work on my to-do list. I'm going to eat this food that I want to eat. I'm going to smoke, drink, watch porn, whatever it might be, not take care of my kids, whatever. I'm going to do that instead of what I know I should do. Okay, so you can see why you can't really tell that you have an urge or that you are buffering if you don't have a protocol in place, right? Like, do you ever get up and you don't really have a plan, like right now, kind of between in this time right now that we're dealing with, with the quarantines and things that a lot of people just get up and they don't have a real plan because it feels so out of control, right? So how do they know if they're buffering? 
how do they know? Well, they can say, well, I was planning to do the kids' um, e-learning, but then, you know, we just, I just let them watch cartoons and I just stayed on my phone and scrolled instead, okay? So that person is buffering with scrolling rather than doing what the plan was, right? And it's really hard to know if you're buffering if you don't have a plan, right? Because you're just like, well, I just, I thought maybe I might get something done, but you know, I just did this instead. So it doesn't feel like real buffering until we have a plan in place and then we don't follow through on it. All right, and I'm gonna be talking about this in great detail in a couple of weeks when I talk about self-integrity because um, self-integrity uh, with food is one of the most food and alcohol and uh, uh, addictive abuse uh, substances like drugs, right? Um, nicotine, whatever, those kind of buffers, those kind of urges, not being able to overcome them, those are some of the very most difficult buffers. So when I'm talking about, you know, overcoming those, let's start with smaller things that we can control. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. All right. So buffering involves giving in to all kinds of urges. And it basically is just doing, eating, drinking, smoking, whatever, something that I, watching, listening, something that I did not intend to do. That in the moment, instead of my prefrontal cortex doing the e-learning that I planned to do today, my primitive brain took over, my toddler brain took over and I just let it, okay? I didn't want to feel the stress um, of the e-learning, trying to get my kids to do what they're supposed to do. I didn't want to feel the stress of cooking today because I don't have all the things I want because we can't go to the store or maybe the store is out of what you wanted. You don't want to feel those feelings of stress, frustration, um, you know, whatever the feelings are. So we can buffer with anything, but buffering with food is especially difficult. Our brains want comfort, right? They want us to be comfortable all the time. All right. So why is overcoming urges so hard? Why is it so hard to just say, I want ice cream right now and I have ice cream in the freezer and it's for there for the kids. The kids are in bed, but I am going to choose not to get out the ice cream because it's not on my plan for today. So I'm just going to sit here with these urges and I'm going to feel disappointment, deprivation, grief for the loss of the ice cream. Let's face it. We go through a lot of emotions with food, right? A lot of emotions. So why is it so hard? Number one, urge is an emotion that is intensely driving our actions, right? Urges are urgency or urgence, urges, urgency, urgent. Those are emotions that are intensely driving our actions. They cause us to want to take action immediately. Um, I, and I have another episode coming up in weight loss lifestyle about the four types of food. And one of those is uh, frenzy food, where it's just like, we don't know what happened to us. We just did it, right? It's just came, you know, we like to say it came over us, but we allowed it to come over us, right? We can't say something came over us, but with frenzied food, it does feel that way sometimes, right? Food urges feel urgent and they are driven by the need for reward, pleasure, and comfort. All right, now, at this point in time and talking about our urges, it's important for us to understand that there's nothing wrong with us for having urges. 
okay? Urges are our primitive brain doing what it was intended to do. It was intended to keep us safe. It was intended to keep us fed. It was intended to keep us fertile. <laughs> All right, that's what these uh, primitive, that's what the primitive brain was for. And so to always beat ourselves up, which we have a couple of episodes about that and how do you can't beat yourself up to weight loss. Can't remember, those are in Think, Feel, Eat though. Um, I think there were two episodes of that, how we cannot beat ourselves up to weight loss. Um, but what a lot of times what we do is we don't want to just say, well, that's just a normal thing that happened and I can learn how to deal with urges. Instead, we either want to blame it on something else, like I just described a little bit ago, it just came over me, I can't help it, I'm quarantined with the kids, da 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 da, da. or we want to beat ourselves up. Yeah, I knew I wouldn't be able to do it because I'm a terrible person and I never have any self-control, so I knew I wouldn't, right? Neither of those uh, responses are helpful and neither of those responses are true. And the more we tell ourselves that those are true responses, the more we will not be able to overcome our urges because we will always either be blaming it on somebody else or beating ourselves up, which feels easier than facing the problem. Hey, I don't want to feel this feeling, so I give in to urges. Okay, so there's nothing wrong, right? The point of junk food is to make us want it, right? There are whole books written about that. What's that one? Sugar, salt, fat, and it's all exposing the food industry. And, and I think that there's a lot of truth to that. You've heard me talk a lot about uh, Stephen Guyanese, Dr. Stephen Guyanese's hungry brain and the dopamine spikes and the food combinations and the hyperpalatability and the seductive crave combinations and things. So I think there's a lot of truth to it, but I also think that there comes a point where we have to stop and say, you know what? The food industry is doing this. They're making everything saltier, sweeter, tastier, fattening. You know, they're having blind tests and having people t see which ones they can't stop eating. All of that is true. But we will continue to blame somebody else if we continue to look at those things. Now, should things be passed maybe in laws and things like that? Yes, but that's not our job. I mean, it's not mine, it's probably not yours either. Our job, unless you're really in that field, but our job is to say, look, this is how it is. Seductions everywhere, food seductions everywhere, hyperpalatability everywhere, urges everywhere, you know, feelings I don't want to feel everywhere, bad feelings, terrible feelings I don't want to feel, happy feelings that I want to eat because I'm happy, all of these feelings. And it's our job to say, they're all there, they're all mine, and it's my choice to manage my mind or not. Right. So I don't really think it does much good. I think, you know, a lot of people read these books and then they get all fired up, you know, sugar, salt, fat. And they're just like, oh, these are the bad guys. These are the enemies, you know, and really our own brain can be our enemy at times. Right. When we don't manage it. You are a human being with a very complex brain that drives urges for us to stay alive. Dopamine spikes, super important. Eat more of it. You need this. It feels like life and death if you don't eat it. Right. And it was at one point life and death, but it's not life and death for us today. We have plenty of food, so we don't need to do that anymore. But we still, you know, com combined with the hyperpalatability and everything that the food manufacturers are doing, and then our uh, buying it and bringing it home and ordering it and eating it repeatedly, we are setting ourselves up for that. But we have choices when it comes to thinking, feeling, and eating right? We have choices. 
We can choose to manage our minds and we can choose to look at the feeling that is leading to the action of overeating, right? I just told my husband this morning, I go off my protocol whenever I have restless legs because eating something takes my mind off of the restless legs. Watching stuff doesn't do it. I can't really work very easily. But when I uh, take a, one of my pills and then I drink uh, something and I eat something, then I can feel better with the restless legs. The thing about it is the restless legs caused by the chocolate I ate earlier. But anyway, we won't go there. So <laughs> the point is we all do this. Just this morning, I was blaming my eating off a protocol on my restless legs. Right? I can think, wow, I know that I'm going to have restless legs because I ate chocolate. I chose to eat the chocolate. So I know I'm going to have restless legs. So when I have restless legs, I am going to open a game on the iPad and try to play a game and distract myself until the medicine kicks in. I don't have to say, you know, whenever I have restless legs, it's really hard and and I just can't control it. And then I start eating. It's my choice. We have choices with the think, feel, act cycle. We have choices with the think, feel, eat cycle. We have choices in our lives all the time. Okay. So we can make a choice with our prefrontal cortex rather than our toddler slash primitive brain. These urges will feel super powerful. But we have to give the urges consent. We don't have to give in. We have to decide. Yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to stay on my protocol. I'm going to eat at a time it's not time. I'm going to eat another helping even though my, my protocol amount was this. I'm going to eat this food even though it's not on my protocol. Or not on my real to, real to me, real for me plan today we can do all of those things or we can say I really feel deprived right now I really want to eat this I feel like I should be able to because this is a very stressful time and we can say but I'm not going to okay so we can have those choices but it starts with taking a hold of our brains, taking a hold of our thoughts and managing them. The urges that we have to eat off protocol, off time or off amount, those um, uh, urges give us vibrations in our body, right? Feelings like deprivation. It's a very, it's a, it's a, like a bad feeling. Sometimes you might like actually feel something like, um, you know, sadness, grief, because you can't have a certain food. Or maybe deprivation can be like a tightening, like a, almost like you're angry, right? They give us sensations in our body. They give us feelings, vibrations in our body. And we can't stop feelings just by themselves. We have to go back up to the thoughts. And we have to say, this is my new thought. I am learning how to feel deprived even when I want chocolate. I'm learning how to say no today to this and write it on my protocol for tomorrow. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes it is not some grandiose, I'm never eating sugar again, I'm never eating chocolate again, I'm an overcomer. 
sometimes it's just as simple as, yep, it's in the cupboard. It's left over from when the kids were here. I really, really like Twinkies or whatever it might be. My daughter, it would be Twinkies for me. Maybe my daughter's homemade cookie. Cookies, they're in the freezer, left over from when the kids were here the other night. I didn't write it down today. I'm going to write it down for tomorrow. And just sit with it. Be disappointed, feel deprived, be angry, feel all those feelings, but change the thought that I can't stop to I can control it and I'm writing it on my protocol for tomorrow. And maybe it's not the best thing for you to eat tomorrow either, but at least you're deciding to ahead of time. You're deciding today that you're going to eat it tomorrow. All right. You are not deciding in the moment. You're not letting it overtake you. The difference between using the prefrontal cortex and using our primitive brain or our toddler brain is that the prefrontal cortex thinks about what we're thinking about and it thinks ahead and it makes wise decisions. Okay, I used the example before of the toddler, right? The toddler in the grocery store wants candy, right? That's the toddler brain. The adult brain or the adult in the situation says the child can't have candy, right? No candy. And a very conscientious adult in this child's life would tell the child ahead of time, when we go to the store, okay? This is the parent adult telling the toddler child, when we go to the store, you are not getting any candy, but you can pick one fruit of any kind that you want. Deciding ahead of time, solving problems. Successful people are problem solvers. Solving problems, deciding ahead of time, giving your expectations. I just published something in Character Inc. about expectation explanations. We're deciding to the toddler ahead of time. We are describing it. We are giving the expectations. The toddler knows what to expect. So when you get to the store and the toddler starts, I want Skittles, I want Skittles. Do you remember what we said? We said, no candy, one fruit. Let's go to the fruit area and you choose your fruit. And you're gonna have a way better chance of that toddler cooperating in that instance. than you are going to, if you didn't do anything and you got to the store, she said Skittles and you said, no, no Skittles, no candy today, no candy today, stop it, no candy today, right? Okay, so let's say that this is our adult brain and our toddler brain instead of the parent and the child. Okay, this is our adult brain and this is our toddler brain. The adult brain says no leftover cookies today because it's not on your protocol. Okay, so either it's got too much of something that you don't, you're not allowing yourself except on your one fun food a week, or it's got uh, too many calories or too many points, or um, it's not a real food on, off your real food list, whatever your protocol is, whatever your boundaries, whatever your parameters are that you decided ahead of time, it doesn't fit it. So you tell your toddler brain, no toddler brain, you cannot have the cookie, but you can write it on the plan for tomorrow. And then the toddler brain says, Okay, I'm gonna to try to accept this. I'm gonna to try to accept this. If there's no protocol, if there's no boundary, if there's no parameters, if there are no parameters, 
there is no way to know if you even have an urge, no way to know if you're even overcoming an urge, no way to even know what an urge is. Now, we have these feelings in our body, but we are thinking differently and we're saying different things to ourselves. So we're changing them from this, you know, grief and dip deprivation to maybe empowerment, maybe resoluteness, maybe just acceptance. It might not be just really, really great. It might just be, okay, I can accept that and I'll do it tomorrow, okay? Or I'll do it on my fun food day or whatever it might be, okay? Adult brain, toddler brain, deciding ahead of time, deciding in the moment and letting our thoughts and feelings get carried away from us. Um, using our prefrontal cortex or using our primitive brain. These are our choices, right? And just like with willpower, right? That was episodes, I wrote that down so I wouldn't forget it, 61 and 62, I think. Just like with willpower, we can manage it if we plan ahead, right? If we decide ahead of time. Now, we can use um, willpower, distractions, barriers, things like that. These can help us. It's not that they're all lost, especially with intermittent fasting, because we have built-in barriers that make us have a shorter eating time that help us to save our willpower up for that time, our food willpower. Talked about that in the willpower episodes. Those were in Weight Loss Lifestyle, really 60 and 61. Um, but not forever. We can't use barriers and things like that forever. We can't just take away all the bad food and, and just, you know, try to white knuckle it. Okay, and that's one of the things we're really going to be talking about next week, the differences between white knuckling and sitting with urges and things like that, because there are, there are very important distinctions that will help us know how to handle urges better. So willpower, I already talked about how that wasn't as good as not wanting it. Using willpower is never as good as getting rid of desire. Getting, using willpower is a daily thing. Getting rid of desire means we're wiping it for a long, we're wiping it clean for a long time. So which is better to not need it, to not want, to not need the willpower, to not have the intense desires or to keep on having the desires and fighting it every day, right? And so watch, watch those episodes about willpower. I think they're super, super compelling. I've, I found researching for them super helpful to me. I mean, like very, very helpful. Okay, so we can instead use our prefrontal cortex. We can use our adult brain. We can use our mind management. We can use our brain thought. We can use our thought work. We can control our thoughts and then control those sensations and vibrations in our body and then change our actions. All right, and we do that by deciding ahead of time. We do that by creating our th daily thought practice and all of the things. Creating a daily thought practice is in episode number six. Write that down. Episode number six, um, Donna's February Thought Work. Okay, it is in episode six. Using the prefrontal cortex ahead of time is better and more long-term than fighting against it. It's, it's going to work much better for us in the long run. Guys, we are going to create the perfect storm for weight loss, for productivity, for self integrity. We're going to create for self-discipline, for relationships. We're going to create the perfect protocols in our lives for all of these things by managing our minds. Thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure to bring you 
urges and feeling our feelings part one next week. Um, and you'll get another copy of this via email. Subscribe at DonnaReach.com. You can also get the free download and print it off at DonnaReach.com uh, forward slash, I don't know if it's forward slash freebies or forward slash down, downloads. Anyway, it's at the blog, DonnaReach.com. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Oh, um, it is now the 19th. That means that in a few days, we're going to have our first webinar for March. There are four sessions, free webinar, start intermittent fasting tonight. If you need some help getting your fasting online, uh, in line, you need some help um, uh, getting started, uh, whatever you need, it will be answered in that free webinar, uh, intermittentfastingwebinar.com. So go sign up for that. I'll see you there. Bye-bye.